Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome to another Folks Talking Sports. Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports FTS, as Mr. Andy Yanez states. <laughs> Everyone, how you doing? Let's start from uh, upper right. Andy Yanez, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. Happy to be here. Another week, another dollar. What's the saying? I, I messed up well, I mean, the, the You make saying. the dollar, I'll make the nickel. I'm not sure about that. You, oh, there we go. Nick, dollar big time, I'll I make knew. the nickels. I'm James, how are you doing, sir? From the from the bottom right. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here as well. And in the lower left, Mr. Willie Gibson from Ohio. How are you, sir? All is well. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing okay. It's going to be all guys uh, this evening. I didn't reach out to Tamer Knight or Jayla Mason. I didn't because I didn't want to contact Jayla on short notice, so I'll give her enough time uh, before I spring it on her. So probably next week, try to get her on the show from the Daily Cougar. All right. Well, gentlemen, I'm not sure what I want to talk to talk about first. Let's go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw a curve on y'all. Who wants the fight? Oh yeah, that's on the curve. Who wants the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight? Yeah. Well, I, I did. Yes, sir. Andy? I didn't get the 80 bucks. No, I haven't watched the fight. James? I did. I, Same. I cut yeah, up on now. So, but do you know who won? You know what happened? Yeah. For sure, the Gypsy King won. Okay, Will, what'd you see, man? I was disappointed in Deontay Wilder uh, post-fight. Um, he he lost. He put, got put to sleep. Period. Indeed. Mm-hmm. He got put to sleep. And then his antics at, uh, post-fight, I saw today, actually. Um, I was a Wilder fan going in, but uh, that kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth for him. And it's like, be better, be better, be best, if you will. So, did he? Um, what excuse did he have this time? You didn't have the full armor weighing him down. What, what was it, the excuse this time? Well, he hasn't spoken publicly, but post. I don't know who had the footage, but post fight, Fury went to his corner. You know, congratulate. You know, hey, you know, right. great fight, great fight. And Wilder just like no love, no love. He's like, I got, you know, Fury says, I got a lot of respect for you. He's like, well, I don't respect you. Like, man, this man just put you to sleep, mm-hmm. and you don't respect him. Like, stop it. It's one thing to lose, but you got put to sleep. Yeah, we all we all saw it. Yeah, he just has it, he he's a sore loser. You know, right. excuses are his way, and and I don't I don't respect sore losers. So. But that's it. Note for boxing. We have other boxes coming up this Saturday on an app. I won't plug them because they don't pay us. So, but looking forward to that fight as well. We can talk about that some point later on. But let's talk about some basketball, fellas. Will. Yes, sir. Would you happen to have? I'm throwing you putting it out there if you don't. Who was the favorite uh, between the Big Ten basketball poll? I was between Michigan and Purdue. Michigan and Purdue. Yep. Okay. Who would you pick? I would probably say Purdue. All right. Fair enough. James. Andy. Neither one of y'all live in Memphis. Neither one of y'all cover Memphis. Were y'all surprised that Memphis was picked second in the coaches? AAC coaches basketball, men's basketball, preseason poll. I mean, I can say, I guess. Or you want to go, Andy? No, I was just going to ask, like, did I find 
surprising that they were second and not first over Houston or that they were yes. second? That they were second over – no. I mean, it's not surprising. I think it, what it showed right there is the respect of Kevin Sampson and, and the program he's built at Houston, the respect that is, is being recognized by the other coaches in the American Athletic Conference. I think that's what that shows. Um, obviously, Memphis has the most uh, – the, the top recruiting class, and it, it seems like year in and year out they're always – uh, there's always a lot of noise coming out of Memphis, but the past few years they haven't been able to put it together. So they have to they have to prove it before they earn uh, a number one spot. That's my view. James, what do you say? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Memphis has the highest ceiling in the American just with the talent they've got, but they've got to prove it. And Houston's consist been consistent under Kevin Sampson, so I think Houston deserves that number one spot preseason because they've proven that they can you know, win. Um, whereas Memphis, they've gotten talent, but haven't been able to put it all together, like Andy said. So, yeah, I think I think the coaches got it right. So it sounds like you guys are being objective, which is kudos to both of to all of you. Um, go figure. You're, you're, you're not fans. Uh, let me see here. Let me pull up. These are the whole, the first and second team members. Marcus Sasser, Houston, first team. Jalen Duran, Memphis, first team. These are first team. Jalen Duran, Memphis. Landers Nolly, Memphis. Kendrick Davis, SMU. Tyson Etienne, Wichita State. Second team. Brandon Mahan, UCF. Imani Bates, Memphis. John J. Williams, Memphis. Jeremiah Davenport, Cincinnati. And Jalen Forbes, Tulane. So if I counted right, that's four players from Memphis made two on first team, two on second team, one player from Houston on the first team, but Houston was picked to win the conference by the coaches. What would you say, Will, was mm -hmm. the reaction of some U of H fans? I've been picked preseason winner of the conference. Of, of Memphis having four players on first and second team and one Houston player on first or second team. Oh, we're talking fans. The fan reaction. Yes. The fans were yes. hot. Yeah, the fans were hot without question. Fans. Andy? Yeah, I, I saw someone post. I think something similar happened last year where I think they probably they only had, I think it was Caleb Mills of all the players that they were like – Projected to be ranked, and then at the at the end, to me. Oh, Andy! Andy has oh. your your issue. Will looks like. Okay, James, we'll go to you. James, what do you say? What do you, what do you think? Fans being fans. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Memphis has the better talent on paper, so it makes no sense just with all the athletes they've got and, you know, all, like you said, all those first and second team selections compared to Houston's one. Um, so, I I mean, I've seen reactions, and Memphis fans aren't happy about it. But and then it, back. Yeah, you, you're back, Andy. So go ahead and finish your, your thought. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that it was this graphic or a picture that someone had posted where, like I said, I think a similar thing happened a year ago where, uh, I'm not even, I can't even remember off the top of my head who were the projected players that would have been on the all-conference teams. I know Caleb Mills was projected to be like the all-conference player of the year. And 
he only ended up playing four games and the four players that ended up actually being on the all-conference team for Houston, you know, Grimes, Gorham, Giroux, and uh, there was, I think there might've been just some three, maybe I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, like, it just goes to show, like, these are preseason rankings. You can't take a lot of weight into them. I remember that Quentin Grimes wasn't picked on either of the two conference teams to begin the year last year. So, I mean, like, you know, like well said, put. Left of the fans. It's, pre- it's preseason poll, and this is the coaches' thoughts. We don't care. You know, it's conversation, and my this is my re- response to, to the fans, any fan, Memphis fans. U of H fans, whoever, Wichita State fans, whatever. Would you rather have your team, your favorite team, have players on preseason first, second team, and y'all finish last? Or your team wins the conference and has no players on first and second team? Who cares? Do you want to win the championship of a conference or do you want to have four players on a first and second team? I mean, just the reaction. I made mistakes. See, that's what I did, Will, Andy, James. I made a mistake of reading comments. Oh. I went down the rabbit hole. I shouldn't have done that. I went down that and I started reading comments. So advice to the youngsters on the group here, Andy, James, don't do it. Just just don't do it. You know. Never. Just, just don't do it. Don't do it. On the flip side, on women's side, and I'm going to play a clip from uh, South Florida head coach, women's basketball. Jose Fernandez. But in a second, let me re- recap for those who don't, do not know the men's basketball coaches poll results. First place, Houston. And keep in mind, coaches cannot vote for their own team. That goes on the men's side and women's side. First place, Houston. Eight first place votes. Second place, Memphis. Three first place votes. Houston got 98 points. Memphis, 92 points. Third, SMU, 77 points. Four, Wichita State. 76 points. Fifth, UCF, 66 points. Sixth, Cincinnati, 52 points. Tulsa, seven, 43 points. Eight, Temple, 37 points. Tie for nine, South Florida and Tulane, each with 25 points. And then last, can I say least? East Carolina, 14 points. Okay. I have no... No problem with that whatsoever. I'm not sure why Kate's coming here about Silas to get fired. You know, at least spell Silas's name right if you're going to blast Silas like that. Um, <clears throat> but that's on the that's on the men's side, <laughs> women's side. Well, let's uh, real quick. Johnny Dawkins, head coach UCF men's basketball today on the day two of men's of AAC men's basketball media day, said he believes that five teams from the American can make the NCAA men's tournament. Thoughts on that, James? I don't buy it. I mean, I just don't think they, I just don't think the Americans been given the same level of respect and there's a lot more teams will have to do. And I just think the gap between the top teams uh, versus, you know, the bottom tier teams is just too big. I don't, I don't see five American teams. I could see maybe three or four, but not five. Okay, give me your your three or four. Houston, Memphis, 
and Wichita State if I had to choose three. Okay. Andy? I, can you guys hear me? It, it kind of looks like it's yeah. buffering a little bit. So it's going to be it one is a little bit buffering, but it's okay. Um, yeah, this could be the weather, clouds outside. It's all, it's all good. Cold front that's supposed to come. But anyways, yeah, like James said, I think for, for sure you got to have Houston and Houston in for sure for, a, like I said, just going back off their body of work, what they've been able to do in the past. I think you you could pencil in Memphis um, just because of the talent that they have coming in. Uh, again, they haven't been able to make the NCAA tournament in recently, but uh, for all intents and purposes, they should finally be able to break through that glass ceiling and, and make it to the threat this year, especially the way they were able to end last season winning the NIT tournament. And then you know, Wichita State, they're getting tired and back um they, they made the NCAA tournament last year um i think they they should deserve a nod you could certainly into consideration um what i was surprised with was um th- the coaches picked smu third over wichita state to finish in that conference which i found it interesting you know you look at last year the season that smu had they got off to that good start after they they made houston really their season kind of it really got hit hard by the COVID issues. Um, but if if you'd have to pick, I would, I would say those four teams certainly would be in the mix. And then, you know, when you have some of the other schools like UCF and, and you know, Cincinnati is supposed to have it down here, but you saw the, the late run they were able to make in the American Athletic Conference tournament, maybe that can carry over. But yeah, I would say pushing five teams might be, might be stretching a little bit. Now, I'll, I'll add this. Just for what it's worth, UCF was picked fifth. <laughs> so Coach Dawkins might have said five teams, including his UCF Knights, as the 15th. So because they ranked fifth in the preseason poll. Yeah. So that's possible. But yeah, Houston, I'm picking Memphis. It's got to be the year for them. All that talent, Larry Brown on the staff. If they don't get it, make the tournament this year, then Penny may need to be let go. I mean, there's, there's too much talent for them not to be make the NCAA tournament. Wichita State, Tyson Antien was the preseason player of the year for the coaches. They made it last year. It was a first four, but I think they have a good shot. They got some younger talent coming back, got some big men on this year's squad. I think SMU got tra- transfers incoming. They probably were close to making, but as you said, Andy, COVID, they missed so many games. Their body of work was cut short. So those four, I think, have really legit shots to make it. Houston should be a, a lock. Memphis, I'm saying Memphis is a lock, too. I mean, this has to be the year. So I've got to do that. So, But I hope that it's more than just two. Good to be nice to see three or four teams make it from the American even though two years from now, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston will be in the Big 12 and trying to make tournament in the big, from the Big 12 conference. So we'll see about that. But yes, let's. I want to talk about women's side real quick. Looks like Will is coming back, coming to join us. Thank you, sir. Will? Yes, sir. He came, he came back just in time for some women's basketball talk. Did y'all see game two of the WNBA finals last night? I did not. I caught like a little bit at the end, but I was following on my phone. 
Andy? Good night. Ooh, boy, y'all some chauvinists, man. Mm. Y'all just busy dudes, man. Don't have time for the for women's basketball. Okay. It was a hell of a game. I did game. it yesterday. We were recording the podcast for Pod Slime and Jamma. Okay. Okay. Plug that. Uh, you and Bayon? Yeah. Had a new episode. We, we discussed a little bit about the, the American Athletic Conference Media Day stuff and and gave our uh, season, I guess, at the bye since the UH football team's at the bye week. Uh, who would be MVP for like offense and defense? And so check that out. Pot time jam, like you see it on the screen. Okay. Well, we'll talk football in a few minutes because the Cougs are five to one. So, <laughs> I mean, but uh, meh, they went on Tulane was a surprise because, you know, I, I picked Tulane because they have a better coach to me. But anyway, <laughs> women's side, real quick South Florida, heavy, heavy favorite. Everybody back. 10 first place votes. 100 points, UCF, the other first-place vote because Coach Mendez could not vote for his own team at South Florida. Houston Cougars, third, third place, 77 points. Then Tulane, 72 and fourth, Temple, fifth, Cincinnati, sixth, ECU, seven, Wichita State, eight, Tulsa, nine, SMU with new head coach Toyel Wilson, and then Memphis, 11, with their coach, new head coach, Coach Merriweather. Women's basketball. Uh, Michigan? Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. I tried, I had to throw that big time. Yeah. Well, see, you can do that, but she started out at Prairie View first, so I've known her longer than you have, sir. So Prairie yes. View, Baylor, Michigan, SMU. So, yes, yes and, and hopefully at some point, get our schedules right, um, we get an interview with Coach Toyell Wilson on the Round Bar Review Channel at some point soon, hopefully. But women's basketball, fellas, UConn women's basketball, UConn's gone. They're in the Big East. Women's basketball in America. ESPN is not thrilled because UConn, the UConn left. Check out what Jose Fernandez, head coach of South Florida, said when I asked him yesterday, part of the media day on ESPN Plus, so you will see my shiny bald head in this clip as well. Got to give myself love. I mean, I was on ESPN Plus, you know, a few times. Um, but check out what Coach Fernandez said about his expectations for the conference, teams in the conference, this season. Welcome back to Chris Gardner from the Houston Rambal Review for a follow-up, please. Coach, you kind of laid into my question. Just how competitive do you think the conference will be this year? Repeat that question. I, I didn't hear. Uh, how I, competitive? A little bit about the competitive piece. Yeah, how competitive do you uh, believe the conference will be? You know, Houston returns every. You know, Houston returns a really, really good team and added added a Big Ten transfer. UCF's got everybody back. Got a couple transfers in. Uh, Lisa's got. I know she she uh, she lost uh, Jerkayla Jordan, but got Moon Erson coming in and and signed a good class. Uh, Tanya Temple. Uh, has a really good team coming back. I think, you know, us those five teams are 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 going to beat beat each other up when league play because we all play each other twice, right? Now, um, you look at the rest of the conference. You got you got new coaches, right? At 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 uh, uh, Memphis, Memphis has has I saw I saw the rankings, but you, you hire a coach that's won everywhere she's been, right? You got a new coach at Tulsa. 
Keith did a very, very good job in, in how, how she recruited. Kim's teams are always going to compete, play hard, defend, get all over the place, right? Michelle Clark heard what she did at Western Kentucky and her, and her teams played at Cincinnati, the amount of transfers they got. So hopefully I'm not missing. I, I think I cover everybody in the league. I think from top to bottom, this is the best this conference has ever been. Thanks so much, I forgot Head SMU. Coach. SMU, you know, you you, you got it. You, you, uh, I forgot SMU. You know, SMU also got some transfers and 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 returned some good, really good pieces and, and the job Toyel and Toyel's experience. The best top to bottom the conference has been. Well, and he tossed in Toyel there for you, as well toward the end. <laughs> Coach Huey ag agrees with that statement. I just got a text from another coach in the conference. Similar sentiments. Okay. Uh, South Florida, they're going to be in a tournament. UCF eh, should, should make the tournament. Houston under Coach Huey, they were close last year. He believes their team is better this year. Three teams from the American. Women's basketball. Ah, I don't know about that. Now, James, you talk about the lack of respect for AAC men's basketball teams. What do you think about the amount of respect that the AAC post UConn women's basketball teams have? I mean, it's gone away completely. Um, you saw last year with Houston, they had similar records to, to some teams that were six, seven seeds, but they didn't even get a shot in the tournament. Um, just because when you, when you take out, you know, uh, a dynasty like UConn, <laughs> that, I mean, people sort of forgot everyone who was in UConn was just running it um, for years. So I think, yeah, there's there's really not much respect there. Um, you got to win the league and get that automatic bid. And then if you're not that, then you got to put up some pretty impressive non-conference stuff and then win the majority of your conference games if you're going to have a shot just because the American just isn't viewed as very strong um, by the selection committee. Andy, what do you say? In terms of if I think three three American Athletic Conference teams is pushing it? Yeah. Hell, two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, when I think it's doable, especially based off what happened last season. I mean, it seemed like from what Ron Huey has said in the past that Houston had a birth – I will, you can't say they had it clinched because they, they didn't make it, but had they beaten Cincinnati, had they done what they did in the conference tournament, losing to UCF, there was a really high chance, at least in Ron Huey's uh, opinion, that, that they would have been in the NCAA tournament themselves. You know, they were the first team out. So I wouldn't say it's crazy and it's not impossible. I find it funny how the U.S. head coach listed every team in the American Athletic Conference and uh, mentioned something nice about them. Um, that was that was a little bit funny, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's crazy. Uh, it almost happened last season, so especially like you said, with with, with Houston, they're bringing they're essentially bringing back most of their team. I think um, literally the, we went through the roster last year. Like out of they have like sixteen teams on the active 
roster as of now, and only five of those 16 are sophomore freshmen. Like, they only have one true freshman coming back this season or a part of this new team. So they certainly have experience, and most of them are coming back from last year's team. So they're in a good position to, to make that leap. We'll see. And ironically, the I'll read this. We're going to shift to a talk Rockets in just a few minutes. Yeah, I saw that comment. A few hours ago, <laughs> the Division One Women's Basketball Committee and the Division One Women's Basketball Oversight Committee voted unanimously to advance the, the proposal to expand the Division One Women's Basketball Championship field from 64 to 68 teams. The proposal will now advance for consideration by the committees. A final determination is expected by mid-November. I think that's a rubber stamp that's going to happen, and it will begin, Will, with the 2023 tournament. The opening round would be hosted at one predetermined neutral site. Under this proposal, selection criteria for the opening round would be the same as those for men's basketball, in which the last four at-large teams and teams seeded 65 through 68 compete prior to the start of the first and second rounds. So basically, what, what do they want to call it? The, the first four. The first four. First not, four yeah. not really the first round. Yeah. Because uh, Dave Warlock at the NTA slapped my hand a few times. Chris, it's, it's not, you know. He said, first, he said first round. He told us that a few years ago when it first started. It's the first round. Nobody bought that. So it's the first four. So apparently the first four will be coming to women's basketball beginning in 2023. Thoughts on that, Will? It's a positive step in the right direction. I mean, we we talk about equality daily. Um, if not, we should be talking equality daily. And so for now, to have the women's tournament mirror the men's, and also heard, um, I'm not sure if you're going to discuss this or, or mention this as well, um, potentially having both final fours at the same site is something I read earlier this week as well. So Right. That's been discussed, and the women's coaches hate it. Oh. Ones I know hate it. Too much okay. attention to the, to the men's teams, the men's tournament. They're going to they're gonna need some convincing for, for it to, okay. to go along with that idea. But, yes, that's been proposed as part of the committee oh, initial discussions coming from the equality and the, you know, the embarrassment of the weight room and everything from this last year's women's tournament and the inequality. So that's all stemming from those conversations from the summer. But yeah. Andy, what are your thoughts on women's first four coming to the tournament? Phil at 68 for women's basketball. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's, it, you, it, it is a step in the right direction, but it, it, it doesn't feel right coming off the, the heels off the fiasco that happened this past spring with the uh, the inequalities in the weight room and just how bad that was. It certainly seems like the NCAA is being a lot more uh, reactive instead of being proactive, which honestly is something that you think about it. Now they're barely going to be using the term March Madness for the women's tournament, which is absurd, something like so small that they, they, they didn't brand it. It's just crazy now they're they like I said they're trying to play catch up but ultimately it is a step in the right direction just you know the NCA it took them far too long to to come up with this James I'm going to ask you this 
question. Did you know, then toss it out to everyone else, did you know that on the women's side, women's tournament, the teams do not get units if they reach the tournament and advance round around, like on the men's side? I did not know that. I mean, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, so, yeah. Everything else we've seen. So, Will, did, did you know that? I don't know that I had. No, as James said, I, I doesn't surprise me that they don't, but no, I don't. I did not know that. Andy, how about you? I did not. I didn't know, know that until April, May. And I've been going to covering the Final Fours 20 years. Had no idea. I, I just took it for granted that women's basketball teams each earn units as they progress through the tournament like the men do. Nope. So I think that's next on the agenda that has to be proposed and accepted and all those things. But yeah, the, so money from the tournament, first things first, tournament that ESPN is paying them just pales. Is this minuscule compared to what CBS and Turner is paying the men's tournament? You can argue about ratings and all those things, but ESPN could be paying more for the women's tournament. And I think in the next negotiations, more people are talking about it that they will. And then hopefully with that, the money will begin being divvied up to the teams for advancing throughout the tournament. Those teams, the conferences, et cetera, to get some money from the tournament. You know, it's, I thought it's a no brainer. Andy, Will, James, Brandon Thomas, Rich Blackman, I guess Tubi, going to talk some Rockets. Will, mm -hmm. just a moment of your time, sir, to allow three UVH products to discuss some news that happened today, mm -hmm. last night, today, about... Armani Brooks signing a four-year deal with the Rockets, one-year guaranteed, other years two and three are non-guaranteed, team option on the fourth year. Four years, $7.2 million for the first year. Let's say it's one and a half million, whatever. It's guaranteed, though. Great deal for Armani. So he was, kudos to colleague from the Chronicle, Jonathan Fagan, the beat writer, for the Rockets with the Chronicle, ask for, to make Armani available to the media today. So I'm going to play you a clip from Armani post-practice today after he the news of him signing the deal with the Rockets. And then I'll come back talk about that and then play another clip from Coach Silas about what he's seen from Armani improvement-wise this offseason. When did you know? Yesterday. Yeah, so, um, you know, I knew, like, the whole two-way thing, and this morning, my agent kind of called me, like, it's about to get committed. So, you know, like, I was just, like, you know, I didn't really know what to say. At first, he kind of called me by surprise. I'm really excited. So you had no idea you going from a two-way to this deal? No. He just kind of woke up this morning, and um, my agent called me. He, he texted me and said, hit me ASAP, and got converted. Have you had a chance to talk to Coach Samson yet? Not yet. I'm sure I'll talk to him pretty soon, but I haven't got a chance because um, I found out right before practice. He didn't even know. <laughs> so, so think about that. So kudos to Armani. Great form. I'm going to make a comment 
after Coach Silas's comment because it'll tie into my thoughts on Armani going pro when he did. But just Andy, James, Will, your thoughts on Armani. Andy, you first getting the four-year deal. It worked out great for him, especially like we had mentioned uh, before even training camp has started where he's he stuck with the Rockets. We we kind of questioned whether the Rockets might be the best fit for him um, because he didn't have a guaranteed deal coming into training camp. It's a preseason. It was essentially a prove it exhibit 10 deal. And then, like you mentioned earlier in the week, the news broke that he they had signed him to a two way contract. And I remember that and, you know that he he had won over. Uh, there's a lot of UH fans. Here in Houston, but of course, they had won over a lot of Rocket fans just from what he showed last season with with the plethora of injuries that the roster got depleted with, and the the play he showed in spurts, um, and then even in the preseason, he had good performances throughout um, in the in the few games that they've had so far. But um, he's won them over. When the news broke of the two way deal, uh, some of the people were co- were complaining they wanted it to be converted into a guaranteed contract, a fully guaranteed contract. And like you said, coming out of U of H, it's a it's good to see him. Now you hear this term a lot, especially this is something Nate Hinton said whenever he um, <clears throat> declared for the draft, it, betting on themselves and the way Armani Brooks had to go through the G League route. I think uh, one of the podcasts he did like earlier in the season where he after the the G League bubble, I think he was. Mm-hmm. Or, or around that time, he was preparing to go play overseas before he got the call from the Rockets to to sign, uh, just because they had suffered all the injuries. So it's good to see him. Like you said, it's, it's paid off for him the route he took. James, what what were your thoughts when you first heard? Yeah, I'm happy for Armani. I think it's a good deal for him. I think from the preseason, we've seen that the Rockets need three point shooting. That's going to be you know an area that they really need and. Obviously, he's proven he's a great shooter. He's done that in college, and he's done that in the, his time in the NBA. Um, I think um, we, we've talked about if, like Andy mentioned, if the Rockets were the right fit. But I think you know, giving him this deal solidifies that they're truly bought in and you know see value in him um, and feel like you know he can be a project that they can really develop into someone more than just a shooter um, and who can play a role in this young core. Um, obviously, he. I don't think he'll start. He'll probably come off the bench. I don't know how many minutes he'll get, but I think um, it's it's a step in the right direction for him, and uh, I'm looking forward to just see how uh, Steven Silas uses him in this system. Will, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, can I be honest? Yes, please do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, to the distinguished gentleman of the University of Houston that I share this platform with, um, mm. well, before I say that, let me correct me if I'm wrong. It's a four-year deal, but only the first year is guaranteed, correct? Correct. Three non-guaranteed years? Yes. The follow? Okay. Um, when I saw it, the first thing I thought was I've seen this before, and I'll tell you where. The Cavs two years ago signed Alfonso McKinney mm-hmm. to a four-year deal similarly. Four years, I want to say $7.8 million, league minimum salaries for four years. First year guaranteed, three subsequent non-guaranteed years. Shortly thereafter, they traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers for JaVale McGee. So they signed him to that deal to make money match. And then I thought, are the Rockets still trying to trade John Wall? And perhaps they needed some dollars to match. And this deal could be a part of it. I don't know. But to answer your question, what do I think? That's the first thing I thought of. See, there you go. 
There My you bad. go. No, 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 no. There you go bringing basketball knowledge to the conversation. I know. I had to get well, up. Well, get up well done, sir. Yeah, my bad. No, 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 not at all. Well done. Yeah, and that, go ahead, Andy. That no, that's an interesting point because I saw someone bring it up where I think how many active how many uh, fully guaranteed spots do the Rocket or contracts do the Rockets have now? The Rockets have to still waive two people. Yeah. To get get exactly. to the fifteen, that kind of the two way contracts. Yes. So you know that that might be more fuel of a fire to to the point we'll just brought up. It's uh, it's it's interesting either uh, unless they end up cutting, you know, one of the other players that uh, would guaranteed deals. Which going down the list that we had, we 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 struggled to find anyone that we put. Remember earlier well, one of the previous uh, shows. Yeah, I don't I don't see with this deal, Amani's deal being guaranteed. I don't see the Rockets keeping Dante Exum. You know, I, I don't I don't see that happening now. I thought Exum had a chance to make the squad. Eric Gordon's ankle is still an issue. I, he's, he stayed up after practice today, shooting up threes, running, I say running, jogging up and down the court after his three-point sessions. At times, he didn't like he was ready. Eric ankle still giving problems, sometimes better than others. He is still day-to-day, according to Coach Silas, he and Daniel Tice are day-to-day, may not play Friday versus the Spurs. Dante Exum and the Rockets also part of their announcement of transactions today. They also signed Marcus Foster to basically, I think we were kind of joking. He'll be in the G League by Saturday. <laughs> you know? So that's what we were saying today at practice, waiting to talk to the Rockets. So we'll see about that. But I want to play this clip from Coach Silas and then we'll get back more discussion. But Will. Very sly, man. Very sly. Very sly there. You, you've been doing this a long. You've been doing this a long time, man. Business. Yes, yeah. Sir. All right. Let me pull this up from Coach Silas. His thoughts on what Armani needs to do to improve and how much Armani has improved thus far. What improvements have you seen in Armani Brooks this, this summer offseason? First of all, his commitment to his game. I'm not sure if that's an improvement or not, but. He is so, so committed to being good and committed to uh, the work. And he was here all summer, and it wasn't just on the court. It was in the weight room. And it was in the training room. And it was when we would go out to dinner, it was with the guys and, and stuff like that. So he really became a big part of our group over the summer, along with improving his body. His shot is NBA ready right now. And... Um, I think he also improved off the dribble stuff. You know, he's a type of closeout, so that sort of thing. The big step for him will be on the defensive end, and he knows it, and we're working on it, and he's making more plays defensively today than he was at the end of last year, so that's a step. Big step defense. This gets me back to my, my thing. Armani should have, should have come back to U of H for a senior year. He would have, Kelvin Sampson and the staff would have made sure his defense would have been ready for the NBA. He'd have got plenty of shots, three point range, being a sniper in college, all those things. But he's been bouncing around, G League. He's still struggling with defense. He's improving. Armani wasn't a great defensive player at U of H. He was a solid rebounder and a decent 
defender. But when you got Corey Davis and Galen Robinson on the perimeter, creating havoc, Armani's defense wasn't that big of an issue. So, but hey, young man's got a guaranteed money coming in for this, this season. Good for him. He has room to improve. He knows that. Get better on defense individually and team defense. Get stronger. I'm just kind of curious what the Rockets are going to do with Eric Gordon. Because if Eric Gordon gets healthy, Rockets are going to play Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Eric Gordon. Then who? DJ Augustine this is talking backcourt. Augustine, will they play Armani Brooks now because he's guaranteed? Will they play Josh Christopher some minutes? How's it, go- how's it all going to play out? And then, you know, I saw, I think, Brandon Thomas wave, wave house. I'm not going to wave house. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, that's, that's actually a, a pretty common sentiment. Uh, yeah, but, but house, <laughs> this is his last year of his deal. So it's not expensive. So he won't be here next year. We, all, we can all see that. But what, how's Rock's going to divvy up the minutes in the backcourt? That's what I'm kind of curious. Well, KPJ, Jalen Green, this is for all of you and, and Brandon as well, folks tuning in on YouTube. Had a colleague of mine a few days ago. He thought, and he still thinks, that the Rockets should not have drafted Jalen Green they drafted the wrong Jalen, in his opinion. He so, thinks that Rockets should have drafted Jalen Suggs and kept Scoot at the off guard and had Suggs at the one. What are your thoughts on that, Will? That's interesting. I'm giving that you the big is... screen, Will. Everybody get ready for the big screen. Okay. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, hmm. Okay. I can I can see the logic in that. I can see the logic in that because Jalen Suggs, you know, the 6'4", you know, you have a 6'4 backcourt, a big, per se, backcourt um, with KPJ at the two, Jalen Suggs at the one. Um, a little more experience with Jalen Suggs going to uh, Gonzaga for the first, for his freshman year, playing in the national championship game. So he's gotten to a somewhat high level of of winning basketball on the collegiate level. Um, hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't have been opposed to that at all. James? I mean, I disagree. I think Green was the right pick. If you were going to go with Suggs, I think they could have traded back um, if they were going to do that. Um, but I think Green has the highest upside um, in – a higher ceiling than um, Suggs. So I think Green was the right way um, to go. And I'm really high on his game and think he'll develop into a, a star in this league. Andy? Yeah, James hit all the points. Uh, I disagree with that take. I think uh, the Rockets certainly did the right decision. Peaking Jalen Green, like James said, I feel like just his ceiling is higher and, and kind of his body style too. He's a lot more lengthy and certainly as he develops, I mean, he's so young, you'd expect him to grow in much more aspects of the game. Uh, barely being 19 years old, he's already shown that he can uh, 
obviously his calling card. He can score in the NBA at the NBA level, but as he grows, as he develops his body more, I think he'll be a much more, uh, he, at least he has the potential to be a much more well-rounded overall player than, than Jalen Suggs, at least um, when it comes to ceiling-wise now. We're still based on they haven't even played a single minute in regular season basketball. But as of now, I think uh, the Rockets did the right pick. We'll see how it all plays out. Like I said, that's one colleague's – well, more than one local colleague has thought that. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it was just him. Uh, so what's done is done. So it doesn't really matter now. I mean, the Rockets pretty much gave indication prior to the draft, you know, to me that and other folks that they were going to go this way and draft Jalen Green. You know, I was pushed for, for Evan Mobley because I think, you know, I prefer tall, taller skilled – players than shorter skilled players but and gms agree with that sentiment picking evan mobley to be the best rookie five years from now but you know oh yeah well what are your thoughts on that are you happy about that do you agree with that i do i do i like evan mobley had a chance to see him in person last friday and uh i liked what i saw and the cast made a sneaky move today uh that would go under the radar to most but they signed ed davis veteran big man um, 10-year vet from North Carolina. And he specifically is there to mold, to mentor, to tutor Evan Mobley. And he said it in his uh, introductory presser. He said, this kid can make $500 million in this league. And I don't know that he's being facetious because Evan Mobley has the skill set at 19 years old and his size to be a major, major force in this league for years to come. Who will I, I, I'm coming back and then I'm going back to you for solo. Then we're going to get back to Rockets. Who does Evan Mobley, if there is anyone, does Evan's game remind you of? Um, right now, I, I don't know that I can, I can compare him to anyone just yet. You know, small sample size. He's sitting for three games. Six games become summer league. So right now, I don't I don't know that I have a a, a valid viable comparison to him, for him at this time. Okay, couple things. Kudos, Brandon brought it up. Kudos if you haven't watched it, listen to it. I was a guest on Locked On Rockets podcast with with Jackson Gatlin, another U of H Cougar. By the way, toss it out there, wherever where I will. We're taking over Ace Time Media, <laughs> slowly but surely. To be honest, um, that is true. But uh, we know we're doing that. Yeah. I was also on Herb FM station out of Baltimore yesterday. And, of course, I was on the lunch break today with uh, A.J. Jones here in town. So YouTube, YouTube is all those things. But can, can I tie one thing up, Chris? Yes, please do. It's about Jalen Suggs, going back to Jalen Suggs. I'm kind of biased because I had a – had some interaction with him here at Ohio State. He was here at Ohio State on an official visit a few years ago. And uh, from what I saw, I liked him a lot. So I've always kind of followed him from that perspective. So to, to hear that, you know, but, you know, granted, you know, I'm not going to say Jalen Green was the wrong move, but it would have been intriguing to have Jalen Suggs. And when I say he had an official visit, he was here with Ryan Day in the Ohio State football team. Yeah. He was a quarterback coming out of Minnesota. So Understood. he was there at basketball, 
Jalen says he was here as a football player. Understood, Brandon. You not hurt my feelings. You can go back in history about many more teams besides the Pistons thought about Darko Milicic being a, a, a high talented pick. That's not hurt my feelings. That's, that's a fact. A lot of people thought Darko had talent. Darko, wow. You know that's it was a huge mistake, obviously. Plus, Larry Brown would have killed Melo. Melo wouldn't would not have shined in Detroit. Y'all can have. I mean, hell, Melo and, and <laughs> Larry Brown would not have missed. Let's. And Melo has said, Melo has said publicly this, what, summer? That he was told that Detroit was going to take him. That's the first I've heard of that. But he said that this, doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. But it shows you who made that pick. That wasn't Joe. No. Larry Brown didn't want Melo. Think about it. <laughs> Let's not get this twisted. But I digress. Trey, rumor. I haven't seen it, but it was A.J. Jones tossed it out to me earlier today on the lunch break. Kyrie for John Wall. Who does it? Who says no? Andy, you first. So, is there any way to say that both teams say no? Uh, I guess Brooklyn, I guess the Rockets should say no to that. And the, the reason I say uh, that one, if you bring Kyrie Irving here, is there really a, a good space for him with We've already mentioned that they're looking to move Kevin Porter Jr. into more of that point guard role. It seems like that's going to be the dynamic, at least for, for this season, to kind of build with that backcourt with uh, Porter and Green and, and go, go on from there. If you bring Kyrie Irving there, it certainly adds a, a, a weird wrinkle to that entire you know, process. And just overall, I mean, I guess Kyrie Irving wouldn't have any issues with, with uh, getting vaccinated or or that stuff here in Texas, so that that would be one positive. But immediately, you'd have to deal with all that, uh, you know, instant media scrutiny, a lot of uh, a lot more drama that they try to avoid after what have, they had to go through last season when James Harden wanted out. I mean, it's too much high price for really. I mean, minimal game. What what would the Rockets get from getting Kyrie Irving? It's not like they're a Kyrie Irving player away from winning a championship. So there's no point to doing it if I'm the Rockets. James? Yeah, I think Andy hit it right on the head. Um, Paul Kyrie is certainly an upgrade from John Wall. The goal this season, in my opinion, should be to develop your younger players because you got a core that you feel good about. And then also just the off or the uh, yeah, off court distraction um, with him in the locker room. It, it just could create a lot of unnecessary uh, chaos and could complicate things. I like how Andy compared it to the James Harden situation. Steven Silas certainly doesn't need another year of that um, under his belt. So I think I don't like the deal for the Rockets. Brooklyn, I mean, you're getting John Wall, who could actually play unlike Kyrie because of the vaccination issue, but I still don't think Wall's a great fit up there either. So I don't don't think it would be a good deal for either side, in my opinion. Will? Yeah, it's kind of productive on the court. I don't think Kyrie will be a locker room issue, though. I mean, he – I just – but – Wall has two years left on this deal. Kyrie has two years left on this deal. So it's kind of a wash. It's, you know, what's the benefit for the Rockets to make that deal? It doesn't make sense. See, that's that's my from why do it if your plan is for KPJ and Jalen Green to grow into the positions that they have and get better. Right. Andy with a great point. The Rockets are not Kyrie Irving away from winning the championship. Okay, there there are many pieces away. 
from winning a championship. And Kyrie won't make that difference. So next on that, okay. Anybody watch the Rockets and the 30 turnovers against Toronto? 30. I, did, I haven't had time to watch the Rockets in the preseason. That's the first time they had 30 turnovers. 30. Yes, 30. 30. Jalen had seven. Jeez. Growing pains, and they're gonna have they're gonna have games like that during the regular season, especially if you. Like, that's one of the drawbacks of going young, especially uh, with that type of backcourt. Where, I mean, it's Kevin has Kevin Porter Jr. turned twenty two yet? Will? No, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I think he's twenty one. Yeah, I don't believe so. Yeah, like they're still so young, so you're gonna have games like that, especially. Whenever they have to, in December, December is going to be ugly. When they have to, they have to go on that long road trip. They have to play the top of the Western Conference. Uh, they're going to have games like that. So, but thirty turnovers, jeez. And, and Toronto was physical. Their defense, they were aggressive. Jalen commented on he. He was like, "No, man, that, we hadn't seen that defense yet. That was different. We weren't used to that. I wasn't used to that." He was honest. So okay, but. Uh, you know, youngsters, they got to deal with it, get used to the physicality, different type of defenses. That's another a reason. I'm not pushing for a lot of wins this year for the Rockets. You know, goals get another lottery pick. James, we're coming to you in your sport now. The Hogersons are 5-1. and one. Are you surprised, James? No, um, just because of the strength of schedule, honestly. Um, I am surprised how well the defense has looked. I thought they would be better. I did not think they'd be as dominant as they have been, especially on the road the past few weeks. Um, they've really backed up what they were saying all uh, off season, you know, just about the level of depth and talent. So I, the defense has really surprised me in the production. But in terms of just the schedule, I expected Houston to have five wins at this point. Um, I, I thought Texas Tech was the one game they'd, lose um but yeah it doesn't surprise me i'm not even going andy i know you're surprised this just popped in my head uh, while um james was speaking did y'all see read about big east basketball contemplating expansion i did see that i had it and val ackerman commissioner of, of the big east uh, I guess it was part of the media day this week. This is the Big East. Big East is basketball conference. Okay, so this move would be for basketball reasons. Their contract with Fox ends in 2025. So about another 18 months or so time for it to begin renegotiations. Will, you since you saw it, but Andy James, what team do you think was that the media suggested the Big East ad for basketball? It's got to be Memphis. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga? sir. I was thinking yeah. American Athletic Conference. Oh, my bad. I'm thinking basketball only. I got confused. So, so, <laughs> so think about that, Will, James, Andy. Basketball conference adding Gonzaga. Spokane, Washington. Thank you. The Big East. For the Big East. Gonzaga to Providence is almost 3,000 miles. 
This is basketball, not football when you're playing once a week. So Val Ackerman said that because, you know, she was asked about it. So media really pushed this idea. But she said geography would be a factor and a big factor. So good for her because it would be complete, not to surprise me, but complete hypocrisy for the Big East, especially, but any conference, for basketball to add a member school nearly 3,000 miles away (laughs) from other member schools. Come on. Andy, you're on the right track for another team that Dana O'Neill from The Athletic suggested in her article about Big East expansion. It wasn't Memphis, but it was a school from the A's. Go ahead, say it. Wichita State's the other one. Yes, sir. So what are your thoughts on that, James, Will, Andy, of the Shockers? Basketball school, they don't have football, going to the Big East. I mean, just off of that, oh, uh, uh, just off of that, it'd be a, a perfect fit right there, especially with the success that Wichita State has been able to have the last couple of seasons. Like, I mean, last year they, they, I guess technically they won the American Athletic Conference, um, even though it was such a shortened season. And then even in 2019, they, um, they also won a share in 2019, correct, with Houston and and Cincinnati. And back in the 2019-20 season, I think so. Uh, so. No, no, that was that was Tulsa, the try year. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. It was Tulsa, but they were they finished fourth that season, and yeah. it was like a, a game of difference. So they've shown that they can build a, a strong basketball program, like you mentioned. They don't even have a football team, so similar to Gonzaga, they don't have to worry about that that affecting their budget or having to run as independent or anything like that. Now, the reason I brought up Memphis is because, uh, well. They're having a really down year in, in football, and, you, you know, that they, they get a lot of praise uh, for their basketball program. Like we mentioned with Penny Hardaway, the recruiting class he's been able to build. I think their basketball team, I'm thinking basketball only, would be a great fit in the Big East. Oh, Andy. See, you're, you're thinking on the court, but the Big East, but the Catholic schools think their stuff don't stink. They don't want anything to do with Memphis. Memphis off the court is still waiting here from the infractions committee. Whenever the hammer drops, but I can't, you know, never say never, but I can't see the Big East taking Memphis for basketball. Will, what do you think about first Wichita State, then Memphis in the Big East? Yeah, yeah, Wichita State, I can see. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, half the travel that Gonzaga would require. Um, and it's a basketball only school. So, I mean, and they have a comparable program. So, you know, Ed Cooley in Wichita, Kansas would be funny. Um, yeah. That, that would be interesting. Um, as far as Memphis, I mean, for the reasons you said, now the, the upper crust of the Big East would not allow that. So, I mean, now granted, it'll be some fun Georgetown Memphis matchups. Yeah. Actually, versus Penny, that would be great, you know, marketing TV wise, but no, nah, no. Nah. 
for for the panel. It, what are your thoughts? Did you see it? Uh, Conference USA and the letter sent to Commissioner Oresco from the American Athletic Conference about what we call it regionalization and basically changing member schools, renaming conferences, uh, basically having like a, a Midwest conference and then an Eastern conference. So Commissioner Resco will be of the Eastern, whatever. But that's that letter that from Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod mm -hmm. to Michael Resco about possibly a, let's just say an alliance. What about that, James? I mean, I don't see it happening. Oresco straight out said on media day that the American's not interested in that kind of merger deal. And all the letter was kind of, I was confused when I read it because it didn't make a lot of sense to me anyways, just with, I don't, I don't think it makes sense. It's in the best interest of the American um, to do any type of deal like that with Conference USA because I think it just complicates things even more. Um, and I think the American it is better off trying to go, you know, poach a few teams and bring them into the conference rather than do something where they, you know, split up into two separate conferences and renaming and all that. James, 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 you said a bad word there. You said poach. Commissioner Resco and some other coaches, they don't like that word when they're trying to get teams, schools to, to join that conference. They don't like the word poach. So shame, shame, James. Shame, shame. <laughs> Andy, what are your thoughts on the letter? Yeah, like James said, it's completely uh, lopsided in favor of Conference USA if they can uh, if they could merge that alliance. And uh, a similar point that James said, I mean, Mike Oresco's stubborn. He's going to be stubborn to the very end. He doesn't doesn't for for that move to happen. That'd be certainly a downgrade for the American Athletic Conference, at least in Oresco's eyes, and uncertainty with uh, recent production from the teams, especially when you think of. Uh, you know, the way that the American Athletic Conference brands itself, like, well, we're the power six and this and that. Uh, um, yeah, I don't see that merger ever happening uh, unless they they even end up losing more teams. And even then, I feel like Mike Oresco would, would keep preaching power six until the conference was, like, bankrupt or something like that. And funny how, how, how the dominoes work. <clears throat> Mike Oresco took a a shot going back a few weeks after Big 12, you know, Big 12 said that, you know, they're power five and, and we're G5. Well, if that's the case, then why did they take, did they take three of our schools? Craig Thompson, Mon West said, if the American is the best G5 out of all of us, then why do they want four of our schools? Conference USA, similar words. Then why do they want some of our schools? Because the report is UAB will, is the top choice to go to the American. UAB and I think maybe Charlotte. So it's funny how, how all this works. Current USA has been so reactive, they waited too late to do anything positive. They're, they're a dead conference. They got schools trying to flee them left and right, just trying to get out of there as soon as, as, soon as possible. But I'm not sure what they're going to do. You know, Rice, Houston School, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to stay in, in Conference USA. I don't know if the Mountain West is going to come calling. I think the American probably could if they want to have a Houston market. But, I mean, Rice doesn't 
move any needles no. for athletics. Baseball used to, and even that's on a on a down cycle. So we'll just wait and see. I'm just trying to hold on till U of H gets to the Big 12. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, Will, your thoughts on Cincinnati and the proposal of what is it, Andy? A, a new practice a new facility. Athletics facility. A- athletic facility, yes. Thank you. Athletics facility for the entire university. Thoughts on that. And Will, are you going to put up money for that? They're going to come to you for some money to take care of that, bankroll that? Uh, not for Cincinnati, no. No, 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 no. It's Ohio, State. Will. It's Ohio. I almost hit leave on that. I almost hit leave. I almost, not, I really that's not almost the same thing. Leave. I that's really almost the, hit leave studio on that. It's not uh, the so same Ohio, thing. Ohio, come on, man. I, I I I graduated from the Ohio State University, not University of Cincinnati. I don't know. They're not getting any, no. no. They're not getting any of your money. Okay. No. Okay. But your your Ohio thoughts State. on the upgrades, the goals of Cincinnati to build a facility? That's great. That's what was your what was your comment to me when I sent it? Oh yeah, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Marcus Freeman will enjoy them next year when he takes over the football program from Luke Fickle. Yeah, that that's great. Wes Miller is there now as the first year basketball coach, and he should benefit from them greatly. But uh, yeah, Marcus Freeman should be great. Who who is finally going to turn Luke Fickle's head? The University of Southern California. You think so? This relationship, huh? sir. You, you think so, huh? Yeah, and here's why. And we all know it, it's relationship. Mike Bond is the athletic okay. director at USC. Good point. Mike yep. Bond is the athletic director who hired Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Yep. Relationship. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. Did the three of y'all see the article in USA Today slash? MSN about Power Five schools lost a combined one point seven five billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, that's that's a lot of money, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that, if that, I I told you this, Chris. If that's for the for the Power Five schools, imagine what how the the other group of five conferences and the everyone else is doing. Well, one. I mean, I mean, the G five lose money, but they don't make enough money to lose one point seven five billion dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's all per when you look at the percentage basis. It's so everybody's taking a hit. What, what did know, Power Six lose? My fault. Well, we'd have to ask Commissioner Resco that. You I know, know. I was, so you know, I'm, I'm just poking. I'm just poking. But that's all right. We we poke here on, on FTS. But yeah, James, when's U of H football's next game? They play, so they're off this week, and then they're home. Uh, next Saturday is the 23rd, I think. Yeah, the 23rd, they're home um, against East Carolina. It's the homecoming game. Um, so, I mean, they should take care of that one. The big one is on the 30th, which is two Saturdays from now, which is SMU, um, which could be two undefeated teams in the American um, going at it. So that, that that's that's the one most people are looking forward to right now. But is the game against East Carolina a trap game? I mean, I think you I think you obviously can't overlook any opponent, but I think Houston will do take care of business and it, they should win with relative ease. Um, 
they they have the better talent the way they've been playing um, especially on defense like i've mentioned before i don't think uh east carolina will give them any trouble question for will then similar question for james and andy will have the buckeyes had the basketball team have they had their madness yet not yet not yet i believe it's this weekend james andy has there been any announcement of U of H having a madness for the basketball program? No, I have, I'm aware I have of not heard anything. Okay, okay. Actually, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Will. Well, no, it's not going to be this weekend because they actually have a closed scrimmage against an unidentified school as of yet. So they actually travel this weekend for a closed scrimmage. Okay, so it won't be this weekend. And I'm sure we we can find that out. Somebody leak it. Oh yeah, of course. <clears throat> you know, yeah. so yeah, but U of H be the same. I could find that out too if I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. But Will James Andy, U of H men's basketball, coming off a Final Four, all kinds of attention, recognition, and they're not going to have, as far as we know, which is the fact that we don't know is a problem, some sort of basketball madness. To promote the upcoming season and introduce these players to the fans really is that what we're saying guys yes that's that's something that's interesting that they won't capitalize As on now that's what we're saying i i remember uh yeah you froze there but you're back now so yeah you froze but you're back now yeah, I was gonna say, um, yeah, as of now, that's that's the case. We haven't heard; they certainly haven't made any official announcement off their account or anything like that. But I mean, maybe it's something they do down the line because I remember before COVID, they did do an event similar to that where people could go and and meet the players and and even Calvin Sampson before the twenty nineteen twenty season. So uh, maybe they decided to bring it back later down the road. But as of now, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I mean, adding to Andy's point, like, I haven't heard anything. I expected them coming into the season to do something like the Final Four into the year celebration they did last year at Fertitta, where, you know, they had all the players, fans could come. Samson and a few of them spoke to the team and built hype because, like you said, this is a Final Four team. This is a team that has been on the rise, gained national respect. People expect big things. You know, most people now, you know, call U of H a basketball school. So for, for a team that's had the success that they've had – and is, is expected to do well again this year. I, I'm surprised that nothing has been made official yet in terms of, you know, some sort of event to build hype for the season. It's, it's disappointing, especially considering that Fertitta Center is going to be full capacity. So it's not like it's not being done because of COVID concerns. So if you're having full capacity for the home games, invite your season ticket holders, at least to come to a basketball madness to discuss, introduce the players to the fans, to the support. Have a student section, get the students hyped. Come on, this is U of H marketing. Come on, this is a basic thing. How, how is the school dropping the ball on this? And Andy, even if they announce something tomorrow or Monday, for, you know, lead up to homecoming next Saturday. 
that's not enough notice. They should have been promoting this for weeks. Cougar fans, mark your calendars for October whatever. Come to Vertita Center to see the new, the 21, 2021-22 Houston Cougars men, both teams, men's and women's teams. Come on. You got a Final Four team on the men's side, a team that was on the women's side, the first of the first four out to get to the NCAA tournament, made to WNIT, got better players on this year's squad, and you're not going to promote them? Okay, on that note, each of y'all get solo screen. I'm going to ask y'all to let folks know how they can find you on the social web. Mr. Buckeye, you first. Well, uh, thanks, Chris, as always. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you can find me on social media, Will Gibson 7 on Twitter, Will Gibson 7 on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. You can find me, uh, Will Knowles, the Will, Will Knowles Facebook page, and www.wtgsports.com. Chris, are we still doing the guarantees? The Chuck, the Chuck Barkley guarantees? Because I have one if we are. Yes, yes. All right. We, I have we are. Guarantee. Okay. Let me get it up here. All right. Let me see. Let me, let me go solo to you, back to you, and then I'm going to put it down. All right. Here we go. What, what you I, got? I have a guarantee that, well, let me set it up. Six, six weeks of Big Ten football, there have been six Big Ten freshmen of the year. And they all been Ohio State Buckeyes. Four times it's been quarterback C.J. Stroud, one time running back Travion uh, Henderson, one time quarterback Colin McCord. I guarantee this week the Big Ten Freshman of the Week would not be an Ohio State Buckeye. Guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. <clears throat> Is that because the Buckeyes are off? That is because the Buckeyes are off. <laughs> okay. We'll, well, we'll pick back up next yeah, week. It's, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> Andy, the world is yours, man. Yeah. One thing I did want to point out that it, I, it had slipped my mind, but I, this isn't the same as, you know, kind of a, I guess, a rally that that all kind of hype up for the season. But to their defense, the University of Houston men's basketball team is holding a tip off a tip off dinner is the way they're describing it, but that's a much more formal setting where they're like uh they're actually they're gonna be honoring um a couple of the former players um from from you know the university's history. They're actually gonna be honoring I'm trying to find his first name, but I'm looking at Dwight Davis. That's the person they're going to be recognizing at the dinner. Kelvin Sampson's going to be there. All the, the current players would do it. But, like, again, it's going to be a much more formal setting, actually, on campus at the, the the Hilton Hotel that they have there. But, like you said, it's not the same as a rally or anything like that. But it's something. And, um, yeah, when it comes to my Twitter, that's it's scrolling down the screen. They can find me on Twitter at Ayana's underscore five, like I mentioned earlier. A pod slime pajama day on, and I had a new episode talking more in depth about the American Athletic Conference meet today. We went in depth uh, with comments that Ron Huey and and Julia Blackshell Fair said yesterday at their uh, availability during the the AAC media day. Which, by the way, give them credit. That, that that was pretty cool how they had it where 
whenever the, the reporter got to ask a question, they got a couple of screen seconds on screen time. Uh, that was pretty cool. But um, and for sure, community impact newspaper, if anyone lives in the Paradigm Friendswood area and wants to follow when it comes to Paradigm City Council, Paradigm ISD events across the city. I'm your guy, so community impact newspaper. I guess I could, well, oh, James, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, oh, James. James, James. Go ahead, James. I'll finish. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, people can find me on Twitter, like it says at the bottom of the screen, at JDM2186. And all my work for the Cougar can be found on the dailycougar.com. All right. And James, you'll be back next week to talk about, well, do you want to be back to talk about the uh, U of H ECU football game? Yeah, if I'm available, I, I love being on the show. So, of course. All right. And Andy, what were we going to say? Yeah, put that put that screen. We'll have guarantee. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the well with my own guarantee. Get the single camera. You want it? You want you want solo camera? Yeah. Let's All do right. it. Solo camera. We're going to the NFL. Actually, I'll I'll go two guarantees and they're kind of related. We'll go to the NFL with the, the, the Houston football team in the NFL that I guess you can call them the professional football team. They are ten point underdogs in Indianapolis for this Sunday. Uh I guess we won't do it. I guarantee Houston covers the spread again. Uh, Davis is coming off the best performance of the season. Houston covers the spread, and honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick them out right. I think Houston gets their second win of the season against a, a shaky Indianapolis team. That honestly, um, I mean, Carson Wentz had a good performance against Baltimore on Monday night, but I, I'm not buying it. Guarantee. And wins outright. Second, MLB playoffs. James, this is your thing. You might want to do your own uh, guarantee. I think Houston, the Astros, win first two games at Minute Maid Park. They take a 2-0 series going back to Boston. Is that a guarantee? Guarantee. Guarantee. No McCullers, but we'll worry about that once we get to Boston. James? Any guarantees from you? No guarantees? Nah, I'm not as confident <laughs> as Andy in terms of MLB playoffs with just McCullers being out. But yeah, I mean, I hope it guarantees right, but we'll see. All right. As always, I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram and YouTube. Clips from Coach Brooks, Armani, Jalen Green, Coach Huey, Coach Sampson, Coach Sampson. Gave a breakdown of the front court and the back court of the newcomers. His thoughts on that. Go check that out. And did you did you see how hear coaches comments on Tazi Moore? Yeah, about the athleticism. He was yeah. thinking, you know, he shouldn't be using his athleticism for for dunk contest after practice. He should be using them to to chase after loose balls and get rebounds. That's we mentioned it the podcast. I mean, that's that's classic Kelvin Samson right there already hammering in. Uh, one of the pillars for the UH uh, basketball team. Indeed. The culture. Got to buy into the culture. As soon as he does, that'll help Tazay become a better player and the team be a better team. But as always, thank you guys for, for helping out on Folk Talker Sports. We will, uh, let's see. I'm not sure. James, the game, U of H game football is Saturday against ECU? Yeah, Saturday the 23rd. Okay, Andy, how are you looking? Let's see here. Uh, Rockets got a game. Well, yeah, next Friday, so 
Can you show? How about next Thursday? Your Thursday the twenty first mm, is good. Should work. All right, James. That should work for me. Okay, and I'll hit, reach out to Will to confirm that with him. Thanks to the folks tuning in, the Rocket fans who are everywhere. Rocket fans, tune in to the to the show. Tune in Saturday for some more Rocket Talk. We're going to do that again. Let's Talk Rockets should be 7 p.m. Central Time. But, yes, we're going to do that, Talking Rockets. And one of these days we're going to do some uh, Let's Talk Cougs just to get an idea of how many Coug fans participate in the stream. And y'all got to prove me wrong because I bet you it's not going to be nowhere near as many Rocket fans. Rocket fans, well, double odd number the Coug fans, 10 to 1. I bet you. How many, how many do, you, do you attract for the Rockets live? Rocket, my rocket number, view numbers average between 300 and 600. Yeah, uh, I'd be very surprised if we can uh, match that for a live Coug talk. Yeah, uh, sad but true. But maybe Will, hopefully, but Will, are you good for next Thursday for our show? Yes. Okay, sure. so next week we're getting into NBA season starting, so our schedule is going to be fluctuating with FTS, but we'll just follow us on Twitter. Let me put that up one more time for everybody to follow us, all four of us on Twitter, learning how to do all this fangled stuff here. Uh, but yes, keep up with us on Twitter for updates on the next, well, next show will be on the 21st, next Thursday, but after that, just stay tuned. Everybody, y'all be safe. Thank you very much. See you next week. <laughs>